I've got a few SaaS ideas that haven't seen daylight yet. The idea of having a software as a service product sounds great though, doesn't it? Solve a problem with software? Have a nice looking landing page and website? Get paying customers? Eventually have it make enough revenue so you can turn it into your primary source of income? That sounds great. There's a lot of software talent out there too. We could solve a lot of problems. But going from idea to product to first customer is non-trivial, especially as a side hustle. Brandon Brainer joins the show today. He's got a cool idea, and I had fun talking with him. Support for Testing Code comes from Sauce Labs, the end-to-end testing solutions provider that helps development teams build a digital applications so they work exactly as they should on every browser, OS, and device every single time. They offer full stack and full software development lifecycle testing, including low code, mobile app, mobile beta, API, error monitoring reporting, cross-browser, UI, visual, and automation. Visit saucelabs.com slash testbetter for more information and a free trial. Sauce Labs, test continuously, test smarter, develop with confidence. Thank you to PyCharm for sponsoring this episode. PyCharm helps me to understand and play with my code. The refactoring tools are amazing. A simple one is just to rename a method and it just gets renamed everywhere. There's a whole bunch of other cool refactoring tools as well. If I changed a bunch of code, I can visually see the diff of my code and the git repo code. And I can even visually walk through the local history to see all of my changes. I actually love refactoring and PyCharm helps me have fun while I'm doing it. Try PyCharm Pro for four months by going to testandcode.com PyCharm. Welcome to Testing Code. I'm here with Brandon Brainer. You've got this really great landing page called released.sh. Yeah, yeah, release.sh. I saw somebody ask you about it on Twitter and you said, well, if I ever get it done. So this is a side project that you're working on, right? Yeah. This is an interesting thing because I've got like, a stack of side projects that I are in various stages of not being, you know, launched at all. And so it's an interesting uh, idea of like, um, we've got uh, knowledgeable software people that could definitely, if we had time to focus on something, build some cool stuff. But thing, a lot of things are in the like uh, pre-release side projects stage. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about both these things, like the the problem space that released is looking at but also the problem of how do we get something from idea to actually usable by people? Yeah. So to, first, what's re- what's the problem that released is trying to solve? Yeah. So worked in quite a few startups over the last like five, six years. And I guess this is probably an issue with every company is, you know, you've got sprint cadences in theory at the end of every sprint, there's stuff you're going to release. Um, if you want to get, that information out to your customers or consumers of your product. How do you do that? And everywhere I've ever been, it's been a very manual process. The product manager, project manager, whatever you want to call them, goes through, looks at the tickets we've done, uh, has some idea of, okay, we've released this much of this thing. Uh, Here's what we can let people know about. And they kind of compile their notes and then they send that off to some release manager, like the head, project manager person and they compile them into a list and then I don't know, they 
put them into an email somewhere or they some kind of notification on your website, right? They've got to do some manual process to get that information in there. My thought process was, well, we already use things like Jira or some sort of project management tool. Why don't we have the person that's creating the tickets when this epic is done or when this story is done? This is what we know it's going to go out to the customer. If they could put the release notes in there and then there was a piece of software that would reach out on it on like a bi-weekly basis, a daily basis, or maybe even like webhooks that like someone like Jira has that says, hey, this story was closed and send a request off to something like a release and say, this story was closed. Here's the notes we put in and here's the day it's going to be released. And that's the day we want it to go out in an email, go out in an in-app notification, something like that. And just kind of automate the whole process because there's, you know, in business time is money. If you've got somebody wasting time curating these notes and doing all this manual process, you're wasting their time. They could be doing some more productive and in theory, you know, you're kind of wasting money paying them. So uh, yeah, if release can do that for you, uh, that would be the, the, the first thing that we're, I was thinking about building with it. Okay. So there's still like um, somebody writing down the pros of like, you know, this, these features are here or these things were fixed or something like that, but they don't have to do it in real time or anything like that. Yeah. No real time. No, like, you know, Slack messages or emails back and forth to keep track of. Um, it's just one person does it. It's automated after that. Okay. Interesting. And, but this is in a, uh, this, um, you've got your landing pages looks great by the way. Um, did you hire somebody to do this or, uh, no, this, uh, tailwind CSS and, um, tailwind UI. So, um, for anybody who's been living under a rock in the software world, (laughs) tailwind CSS is a CSS framework. Um, and then they've got a library or a product that they actually sell called tailwind UI that has that's three different kind of like layout things you can work with. It's a, there's a website, a e-commerce and an application, uh, different kind of different components. And what's really nice about that is once you get that, they also have all of those components broken out into Figma designs. So I was mm-hmm. able to download the Figma designs uh, components, build this out in Figma in like 10, 15 minutes. And then using the components that they have on Tailwind UI, they give you the HTML or the React or the view code to actually put it into process, uh, this. So uh, oh. I would like to say I took credit for building this, but everything here is all pre-built stuff from Tailwind. Well, apparently I have been living <laughs> under a rock. <laughs> anyway, it looks great, but um, um, but it's not ready for people to use yet, right? Yeah, correct. Ideally, who's using it? So that's one of the problems I'm facing in my head of like why I haven't put a lot of time into it because trying to, first of all, define that target market. Like it's in an early stage company that's using maybe not something like Jira because Jira is really heavy, but using some like linear or GitHub projects or something like that. Like trying to find that focus audience. And in my mind, I think to myself, it's probably more for what I'm going to classify as like a, like a mid-sized startup and higher, right? Like somebody who's probably inside of Jira uh, that has an organization breakdown of, you know, they got three or four different engineering teams working on multiple things at once um, that that needs some more process automation. Um, Is that in my mind, the people who I think would be most beneficial for this. Interesting. Uh, If you're going to go with a project management software, which one do you do? And it's, if you're one person, you really can't do all of them because um that's uh too much work right yeah 
it's just a interesting thing is this a do you, do you think it's something that's too big for one person to do as a side project and that that might be one of the things to to whittle down of maybe t- reduce your target audience and reduce the technology such that it is something that one person can work on yeah that, that that's definitely kind of where i'm stuck at is figuring out that target audience and not i think the biggest criteria i need to think about when you know or anybody thinks about when they're doing a single don't want to call it a founder side project that you're hoping, you know, I, I guess the end result I'm looking for with the release is something that I can make enough money with that I can hope potentially quit my day job and just focus full time on this and maybe build a small company out of, you know, I don't know if I'd ever want to run you know, this multi-million dollar, 200 person company, right? <laughs> that's just not me. We should have tons of applications out there that, that are uh, built up enough to be able to reasonably support a handful of people. Why not? Yeah, I, I think the problem, definitely the problem I run in here too is, you know, if you have to start somewhere, right? And you always, you know, I've worked, I've just worked a full day. Now, do I, <laughs> am I the yeah. kind of person that could sit down and spend another four or five hours writing code do, on the weekends instead of going out and doing something outside? Can I take a Saturday and spend a day writing this code or defining these features or, you know, these things that people have aspirations to do? But when you get down to, the nuts and bolts of it actually doing it is a whole nother story. Um, well, also just like, what do you work on? I, I face this all the time, even with this, this podcast and with writing and with mm-hmm. other side projects of, I, I kind of need to, I want to, if I have 20 minutes to sit down and work on something and sometimes that's it. Sometimes I have like 20 minutes to one hour to work on something. I don't want to spend 20 minutes thinking about what to do. I want to have like a, a a planned out list so I can sit down and actually just kick something out. That was a struggle for me for a long time. And, uh, and I'm, I still struggle with it because I forget the tricks of spending. Like if I've got a, 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 sometimes if I have an uninterrupted hour, that's a perfect time to just actually plan. Like what, what are the next, what are the next three, four things that I want to get done? Um, and just, um, not plan my, the entire thing, but just the next three or four things so that the next time I have 20 minutes to sit down, I can, uh, I can actually work on something. Yes. I fall for that all the time of sitting down and, uh, um, thinking, well, what do I want to work on now? And it, especially like with remote work and stuff, we, we deal with this even with day jobs of, I I just got back from uh, Christmas vacation. Uh, what am I working on? Yeah. Well, what do you do at work? I mean, do, do, do you have the same sort of issue at work or, but you're there for eight hours a day at work, right? So that's not that big of a problem. Yeah. And, you know, usually there's, you know, as a developer, you usually have a, some sort of, I guess, a project or project manager or product manager or whatever you want to call them. It's got that predefined work for you, right? Like, here's the problem we need to solve. You've yeah. done some, kind of alluding to what you did, you know, if you've got an hour, you know, we there's a sprint cadence and you always have time in there for planning and stuff like that. So, you know, in the next two weeks, here's the plan we've come up with and here's what you need to do. Um, and I, that, that's definitely, I think a problem that hits a lot of people trying to do side projects as well as, you know, as developers, we just want to jump in and code, right? Like we don't, we don't want to do all the, the paperwork and the, the thinking I've had, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to write this service that, you know, does authentication or whatever does billing. Um, yeah. And, you know, you don't think about, well, is that really the first thing I should do? Should I just build the service and like, could I sign people up 
manually, like have them submit a form and I can create their stuff and sign them up for billing. And then as more and more people sign up, okay, now I need to build, build the billing stuff. Um, you know, kind of prioritize, you know, what can get my product project out there faster to make sure people actually want to use it, which is kind of why I built this landing page first, kind of going, you know, in a different order than most people do is, you know, how can I generate the interest in this and make sure it's something that I should actually spend time building versus yeah. building something, throwing it out there in the market and nobody cares about it. So hopefully somebody comes to this page, uh, looks and says, oh, there's a sign up for early access. And that takes you to a, a form. And then you can kind of give me a little bit of information about yourself and how you do your process now, which one is going to, if there was enough people, uh, cohort that filled this out, I could say, cool, here's what, how people actually do stuff. And here's how we can solve that versus here's my idea of how I want to solve it and get it out to those industry. And everybody's like, this does nothing for me. Right. Exactly. That's, um, that's an interesting, uh, thing of, uh, solving your own problems. Sometimes you don't know if it's, it's, if it's just your problem. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not that it's that we're going to come up with the answers right now, but just this, these are common problems where I'd love to hear from other people to find out, uh, you know, how things are solved. So, uh, so we've got, what are our problems? One of our problems is like you said, um, the thing I'm building, is it really something that solves a problem that, um, that people have and that they would actually pay money to, to, to fix. And also am I like on your landing page is the, is the pros and, and information there, is it enough to describe the problem, uh, so that people can understand it? Um, that, that sort of marketing stuff then, yeah. Um, and then what do I work on? Uh, how do I, uh, when I have time, uh, what can I work on? It's hard to do sort of sprint planning when you in for side projects, when you don't even know how many mm -hmm. hours you're going to have to work on it. Yeah. But you can do like, instead of sprint planning, you can kind of maybe do a, uh, top five list or something like that of the next, next few things I need to get done. I think yeah. that, and I think a lot of side projects end up being, uh, like those um, uh, free for open source users sort of things um, for a while because uh, partly because people like punt on the billing stuff. They're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to do building yet, billing yet. So let's not do a paid product right now. Uh <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and that's a good way too to get, you know, people interested in your product, you know, get it out there. Um, testing it, finding those early bugs because yeah, if you can get it out there in people's hands for free and you can, you know, if you had to make enough money to support the, you know, because when you launch this, you're going to use AWS, Google, Azure, DigitalOcean, something like that. That's probably going to charge you some money um, unless you've, you know, you can stay within their free tiers. You know, can you afford to do that while you have a couple months of no billing? Um, right. So now, now, now that I'm ta we're talking about it, I'm thinking that, maybe that's why uh some people do the limited invite um list to start up with because yeah. if they're doing it for free uh they don't want a thousand people there plus also do you really want feedback from a thousand people um like i don't even know if you're the right target art audience for for my product yeah. so um limiting it to like 10 or 20 until the feedback is manageable 
Um, and then maybe that's not enough. Maybe 20 people isn't enough to get reasonable feedback. So maybe open it up to 30 or 40 or 50 or a couple hundred or something like that. But um, yeah, anyway, um, I'm, I'm not even close to thinking about that with like some of the side things. Uh, one of the, my side projects, which I definitely don't want to talk about yet because it's just in the inception phase. Um, I actually just would love to get one customer first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, getting to one would be good. Um, but then there's the time thing. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that of, I've got, I've, I've already got a job and, uh, and then I've already got, I've got family. I've got, you know, I gotta, you know, make dinner and do housework and all that sort of stuff. How do I fit in? side project stuff. So when, how about you? What, what, when do you, when do you find time to do side project stuff? Is it weekends or evenings or? Yeah. So I, you know, right now it's just me and my wife and my dog. So no kids, nothing like that. So once I clock out of my day job at five, six o'clock, whatever it is, I'm pretty open, um, which is a bad thing to say because you, you know, if anybody listens, be like, well, you've got all this time. Why aren't you working on a side project? Because mental sanity matters too. Um, you know, yeah. I, I might read a book. I might, you know, there's TV shows that I like to watch. Um, you know, just hang out with my wife. You know, it's trying to find that balance of I, I want to start my own thing, but I also need to relax. Yes. Because burnout's a real thing. Definitely. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. So uh, hopefully, dude. Do you have like I'm I've been really trying to do uh some side hobbies that have nothing to do with software. Um yes. Um because having that getting away from the screen is important. Um even even if I come back to it in the evening uh a little later. Um and uh, you know when I was younger, uh probably 30s even even in my uh early 40s I think I could work late into the night and just go to sleep fine. Um, but I'm finding now that I can't, I can't, I can't work up until midnight and then just go to bed. Um, no. that my brain doesn't turn off. So I gotta, I gotta have some, if, if at the end of the day, my work day, I go do family stuff and then whatever, and then come back and maybe do some, some coding. I, I definitely need to leave some time. Um, to, to wind down after that. So I'm not, so that my, my project isn't the last thing I'm thinking about before I go to bed. Uh, yeah, I, I find that as well. You know, I'm 35 now and it's like, if midnight's about the latest I can make it anymore. And if I don't stop working by 10 30, 11 o'clock, I yeah. go to bed, my head's still going over like the problems that were in my head. Um, anything like that. So I completely agree. You got, you know, that takes time too one of the things I'm trying to do on my side projects is to use them as learning things too, because there's Mm -hmm. a whole, there's a ton of stuff I want to learn. And if I don't have a reason to learn it, I probably won't. So, uh, things like, uh, trying to build something that uses Django so that I can learn some more Django or something like that. Or, um, and actually one of the reasons why I want to throw a side project together is because I've never had to deal with things like billing and, and I hear something like Heroku or things like that might, the, the cost might creep up, but I think, I think I don't care right away. Uh, cause I'd probably, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably like try to limit the number of people using it for 
lots of reasons. One, just to keep the cost down for hosting and stuff. So I don't have to deal with that. I, I think that's something a lot of people get into too, is, you know, they don't want to use Heroku or they don't want to use like Google app engine or something like that because, you know, these platforms as a service, they want to throw right into Kubernetes or something like, that. but God, you know, there's so many other stuff. There are other things you have to worry about when you're building a brand new application that setting up a deployment pipeline and setting up your platforms of code and stuff like that. Um, scaling Kubernetes, any of that crap. It's just stuff you don't have to worry about. If you're stored on Heroku, it works. And you can put up billing triggers and stuff like that too. Like if you know you don't want to spend more than X amount every month, that they can let you know when you're getting close to that. So um, yeah. definitely do that. But yeah, I, I plan to go to uh, Google App Engine or something like that when I first release this, because I just, I don't have, I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. If you're a single person, um, you can't until you can bring on other people or you start making money from it. Uh, I think I'm, I want to kind of tie this up by just saying, I'd, I'd really love to hear from other people that, um, have maybe something, something running with a handful of customers or even lots of customers that you're, that they're still able to keep, keep things moving forward with, um, with having it pay for itself and uh, just a handful of hours a week. Um, if that's, if there are people out there with that, that'd be great to hear. Um, be cool. Uh, and Brandon, um, thanks. We didn't really do an introduction before at the beginning, but uh, you're, what kind of a thing do you do for your day job? If you're okay with talking about that. Yeah. So uh, software developer, been in software development for a little over 10 years now. Um, Right now in uh, Python at a company that does uh, analytical work for automotive parts, specifically more, more or less tires, uh, making sure that uh, people that sell tires, the manufacturer of tires, uh, you know, know their sell-through data, can make better decisions around you know, what's selling, how much this, you know, they need to make of this, that, or how much they need to order. You work in mostly with Python or what kind of? Yeah. So right now, uh, Python. Uh, we use Flask and Fast API for our backends. Uh, Flask for the older stuff, moving to Fast API for the new new things. Uh, do some front end work. Uh, here we're Angular, but I've done React and uh, Vue in the past. Uh, PHP, C sharp. Uh, basically, yes. learn whatever the the job requires me to do. So. Well, I'm. I kind of hope you. Well, uh, I, first of all, I hope you stay stay having fun as a software developer. That's way more important than pulling side yes. projects together. Um, and, um, but, but this looks pretty neat. Um, please keep, keep us informed on Twitter and stuff. I'd love to hear uh, progress if, uh, if we have more of a rollout or anything. So, yeah. And I think you actually, you just real quick, just one final thought. You just touched on something very, very good. You said, keep having fun as a software developer and the age we live in and Twitter and stuff like that. And everybody trying to roll their own SAS. There is nothing wrong with just being a software developer at a company, enjoying the hell out of your day job. And then at six o'clock, five o'clock, you hang up the keyboard and don't think about software till the next day. Like, I feel like there's so much pressure to everyone needs to have their own company. They only need to do their own thing. You don't need to. It's no. perfectly, yeah. So keep that in mind uh, for anybody listening that, you know, like, oh, I need to come up with this awesome idea to, you don't need to. Uh, yeah, being a software developer is a really good job. No, and right now is the best time. Like, there's people that you, you ask for a salary, and they're basically going to have to pay it because we're in high, such high demand right now. So, you know, there's nothing and benefits. You know, 
never discount health benefits, uh, paid time off. If you get 401k match, you know, stuff like that is stuff. that's going to be hard to come by when you're, uh, off on your own. Right. Um, I do want to, along that, that line, we hear a lot about that. People, people jump, jump in jobs because they can make a lot by jumping jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, there is, there's also stress with the jump. So I want people to realize that there's been a lot of stress through the last couple of years. There's always stress, but, uh, um, there's, if you're enjoying your job and you're making enough, um, definitely, uh, you know, talk to your, talk to your management team about raises and stuff. But, uh, if you're enjoying it and having fun, you don't have to feel guilty about making less than what you think everybody else is making. It's yeah. okay. Um, so yeah, I having fun as a software developer. That's why I got into it. So, and there's been years where I forgot that, where I like it was just so driven, but, um, I definitely want to come back to always having fun. This is a, it's a pretty cool thing to, to be able to, to monkey with like code as a daily basis and have people pay for it. That's pretty neat. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for the positivity there, Brandon. And, um, and we'll keep in touch. I'll talk to you later. Yes. Thank you. Are you currently running a successful side project with just yourself or a handful of people? Whether it's still a side project or has turned into a full-time thing, I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you've got some processes, tools, tricks, etc. to help side projects flow smoothly with minimal time on your part, I'd love to hear from you as well. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring. Visit testingcode.com slash PyCharm for a four-month free trial of PyCharm Pro. Save time, use PyCharm. Thank you, Sauce Labs, for sponsoring. Sauce Labs, test continuously, test smarter, develop with confidence. Visit saucelabs.com slash test better for more information on a free trial. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Join them at testandcode.com slash support. All of those links are in the show notes at testandcode.com slash 176. That's all for now. Now go out and test something. <laughs>